Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everybody? Another episode here, Roto Grinders NFL Food for Thought Podcast, and we are heading into Championship Weekend. I'm your host, Justin Carlucci, alongside a Will Priester. Sad weekend for me, but I lived through it, and we'll move on. We're back at it again, my friend. How's it going? Going good, man. You'll probably hear a soft, uh, hot take from me as this. This pie goes on, and it, it is going to be a retread, if you will, of something we talked about earlier. But all in all, uh, happy to do the pod. Is this is this the last one of the year? It could very well be, and I, you know, they say live every day like it's your last. So we will do yeah. just the same. Yeah, I mean, we're down. This might be it. We're down to the dog days of NFL. Uh, I don't even think we won't have a slate next week. So, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, children of all ages. This uh, this might be the end of the NFL season. It could be. It could be. So big shout out to you all if you've been sticking with us for the entire season or half of the season. Or if you're just tuning in, you're in for something a little bit different from Roto-Grinders. You can get an analytical... You can get an analytical sandwich somewhere else, but... We're here and we're we're just going to rip off some bite-sized nuggets and talk about what went right, what went wrong. We like talking about some hypotheticals and where some personnel might end up next season. Boy, oh boy, though, this these four games did not disappoint. What do you think was the craziest game of Saturday? I, I have of Saturday. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, I think for me, it, it's got to be 49ers Packers. Like, I, I okay, so let me, I think the craziest thing that happened, um, because I fully expected the 49ers to win this game, by the way. And, and I have proof all over the place. So this isn't me taking some random victory lap. Uh, I told everybody in the prop shop that I thought the 49ers were going to win. And everybody thought I was crazy. And they're like, no, no way. Okay, well, um, I, I definitely think it was the Packers game in terms of how everything played out, how the 49ers were able to win. Just I, I, I think that game was the one of the weekend for me. Um, I, I do think one of the most interesting things is that hopefully this doesn't cut you too deep. I promise I'm not trying to stick the knife in and turn it, but I mean, you know, the worst Tannehill possible showed up in the Titans Bengals game. Can't have an interception right out of the gate. You, ju- you just can't. Uh, so I think that was one of the more interesting uh, happenings, right? To kick off a weekend slate, but all in all for me, uh, here's my soft hot take for everyone that was listening to this part and has hung with us the whole time. You know what's coming. Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest game managers of all time. And people can disagree. We've looked at the numbers. Here's the deal. At the end of the day, he's got a championship. And I, and I understand that. Big Ben has a championship. Like, is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. But is he overrated? I I think Aaron Rodgers has been overrated most of his career. He's He's talented. Matthew Stafford is talented. But we don't give Matthew Stafford a pass because he hasn't won anything, right? Could you you imagine the Aaron Rodgers hype if – if he was coming up when social media was booming, like Mahomes is, like, it, like it would be Mahomes would be the greatest. Uh, Mahomes Rogers would be the greatest thing since sliced bread. If Twitter was already booming and everything when Rogers took over, right? Yeah. So, um, it, but, but you get my point, though, right? I get your point. Ma- I Matthew Stafford, it. I respect it. Is is actually very talented at the quarterback position, but why doesn't he get any respect overall? I'm still. Sure, because he hasn't won anything. Now, part of that was he was in Detroit for half of his career. He gets a chance to what? Prove it this season, right? He gets a chance to prove it. He gets a chance to put it all on the line against the San Francisco 49ers in an NFC championship. He gets his shot to prove that he's not just a losing quarterback due to environment. And I'm putting that I'm putting an asterisk behind losing quarterback because no one wins in Detroit. But what lose? Here's my argument. If you put Aaron Rodgers in Detroit, do they win football games? Yeah, they win football games. How many? No, no, no. How many were? How many more football games do they win than Matthew Stafford in Detroit? How many more do they win over the past? 10 to 15, 20 years. How many more games does Aaron Rodgers give the bad Detroit Lions over the course of a career than, say, Matthew Stafford? That, that's my question. 
for this pod, and everybody probably still thinks I'm crazy, and I don't care. Aaron Rodgers has been overhyped due to Stephen A. Smith and other people in the media. Here's what I mean by that. Aaron Rodgers is talented. Don't, I, so don't, mis, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Aaron Rodgers is talented. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is elite. Tom Brady is elite. Why, why do I say this? The winds travel with Tom Brady. Now, did he get to the Super Bowl this year? No. But what? What? Why? Why aren't we saying that? Hey, is this it for Tom Brady? Man, Brady got put out of the playoff. Nobody's even mentioning that, Luke. You're not hearing anybody crying about Tom. Why? Because he's 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 put out a standard of excellence. He's continued. He's been in Tampa Bay. This is his second season, right? He's won a Super Bowl 50% of the time with the team. Now, and, and let's pull up the stats on this. And look, the Patriots were a dynasty. So don't get me wrong. I, they were a dynasty. But Tom Brady has put out a standard of excellence. So nobody's questioning whether or not Tom Brady's the GOAT because he lost, what, an NFC playoff game. Nobody's questioning that. Why? You see, I, w- I want to put this in perspective for people. Because we can say all, all day Aaron Rodgers is talented. He's got one championship. Guess what, Luch? He switched coaches. What does he still have? One championship. So we can blame Mike McCarthy for all the problems that went on in Green Bay and say, oh, well, he wasted Aaron Rodgers' prime of his career. No, he's in the prime of his career right now. So I don't want to hear it. We put all the blame on Mike McCarthy and none of the blame on Aaron Rodgers. And guess what we're going to do this year? We're going to put all the blame on who? Matt LaFleur, and we're not going to put any of the blame. That's what they're going to do. They're going to blame Matt LaFleur. But I thought quarterbacks are the reason teams win in this league. If you're elite, you overcome the coach. Right? How many many good seasons has Aaron Rodgers had? Okay, let's say the coaching is bad for McCarthy and LaFleur. How many good seasons has he had and not going to the Super Bowl? Pretty much everyone. Almost every season is good but he still doesn't make it to the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is talented. He's not elite. I think – I don't think you can always overcome play calling, but – Luch, okay. LeBron James has had bad coaches. Different sport. You play iso ball. You you don't run plays half the time in the NBA, though. No, no. It's it's not about whether or not – Aaron Rodgers is talented. Okay, Tom Brady has carried bad teams to the to the Super Bowl in one. Bad teams. Oh, he has. Bold, okay. Bold. Okay. But that's why we're here. The, the, the Super Bowl against the Rams. How good was that team? I'm gonna have to pull up. They were not good on offense. I'll pull up a roster. I have to pull up a roster. The, the Super Bowl win was 10 to 7. 10 to 3, 10 to 6. I, I agree that the Brady Rogers debate should be long dead. It shouldn't, it's not even a, a conversation. No, a- absolutely. A- absolutely. People still want to have it though. Why? I don't know. It, it's, it's crazy. I'll agree okay. with you there that that's there. There's not even a gap because it's so big between Brady and Rogers. But okay. Brady, Brady, who's the, 
Who's Brady's the comparable also, comparison? Brady, Who's the comparison? Brady's also the biggest anomaly we'll ever see in our lives. And he had the perfect marriage with the with elite coaching his entire career. So it's a perfect what? storm. So it's so hard to argue against it. Right. No, no, I agree. And, and I don't I don't want to make this out, but listen, this is our last one. Let's go out with the bang. <laughs> uh who who who's gonna be your comparison to Aaron Rodgers in terms of modern? Let, let's go semi-modern era football around his class and up. Like, is he the cream of the crop in terms of his generational, his generation of, of football players? Because in my opinion, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, they have their own class. Joe Burrow's kind of inserting himself into that class. Lamar Jackson, right? But these are all, all newer quarterbacks. So I think what around his class is it, what, who is it? Matt Ryan, maybe? Uh, yeah. Let, let's. I, I'm, are you looking this up? I mean, I, I'm. 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 The wheels are turning in my head. Well, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to the Aaron Rodgers draft class. That's that's what I'm doing. Aaron yeah. Rodgers comes in the league at at uh in 2005. It's like we're talking. Mo- let's like we're talking like last two decades of football. And, you know, if that's, I'm guessing that's kind of where you want to talk in. And I think Drew Brees, you know, but I, I think, I think Manning, I think Peyton is sandwiched between the gap between Brady. It's like Brady and like, you know, there's a 30 minute commute to get the Peyton Manning tier. And then it's kind of like another 20 minute commute to get the Brees and Rogers in terms of like my three little, my three little tiers here of, you know, uh, yeah. success and legacy. But I mean, you can't knock, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer, and you already said it. Tenth all time in passing yards. I'll never argue that uh, for sure. So you, you serve a rationally fair argument. By the way, Matt Ryan is eighth all time in passing yards. Okay, so let's do forever. this. I, I'm going to go over all the quarterbacks. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this: Is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer? Okay, you have to think about it. Now wait. Now wait. If they didn't blow that Super Bowl and he has a ring, is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer? Matt, Matt Ryan is I, – I think he's he could possibly get in, but as of right now, I don't think he's in. Because he would he would have had one championship. He has 2,000 more yards than Eli Manning. He has a 5% higher completion rating than Eli Manning. I know Eli Manning has the two rings, and boy, we're not going to get into that because we had this conversation about eight podcasts ago. We had yeah. some good stuff on this one. So Okay, so so here's my argument, which is why I say Aaron Rodgers is 10. I, I, I can't let this Aaron Rodgers thing go because people look and what here's the thing, Luch. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers pessimist. And what I mean by that is I'm not someone that dislikes Aaron Rodgers. I just think he's gotten too much credit and hype and he hasn't produced over an extended period of time. Now, is it hard to win in the national football league? Yes. But when you're an elite quarterback, how many times has Patrick Mahomes gone to the Super Bowl? Well, he's about to go again. Maybe. We'll see. But but you see my point, right? How many times has he gone? Uh, is it twice now? He's gone twice. Yep. How many times has Aaron Rodgers gone to the Super Bowl? Remember, Aaron Rodgers, we're, we're giving him an elite title here, right? Aaron Rodgers is considered elite. How many times has he gone to the Super Bowl? Not enough for your liking this, sir. How, but how many times? I need to know. Just tell me. 
I know you got this all mapped out. No, 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 no. Come on. I, I know you know the answer to this. I, I know you know the answer to this. Well. It, he's 1-0 and in the Super Bowl. I can tell you he won on my 21st birthday. <laughs> he's 1-0 and in the Super Bowl, and he won the Super Bowl in 2011. It is now 2022. Aaron Rodgers is continuing to ride the wave on good regular season play. A couple of spectacular Hail Marys during the regular season and and an incredible win against Dallas when Dallas should have won that game because they didn't give Des Bryant the catch during the game. And that, that flipped the game for the Green Bay Packers. Okay, Green Bay should not have even won that game if you watched it. Okay, now. God, this is an Aaron Rodgers pod for, for a good portion. I can't believe it. Aaron Rodgers is 1-0 in the Super Bowl. He hasn't gone again. So, yes, he's undefeated. But if if you're one of the elite quarter, okay, watch this. Cam Newton has gone to the Super Bowl once. He didn't win it, but he's gone once. So what are we saying here? Do, do you get what I'm saying? Okay, if, if you're going to be the upper echelon of quarterback, because at this point, Matthew Stafford may very well go to the Super Bowl and win and be 1-0 and never go back again. So what are we going to say about Matthew Stafford? You see my point here. If Matthew Stafford goes to the Super Bowl and wins and never goes back, what is the, what is the separation between Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers? Because clearly, listen, in the league or, or most of the fans, we consider Aaron Rodgers to be what? Probably better than Matthew Stafford, right? Think about it. Matthew Stafford, he's not getting all this, the glory and credit like Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I'm letting my argument go. Well, you know, there's so many angles to this, which is why someone's probably listening on their drives to the work being like, these guys are both nuts. What are they smoking? Because I want some kind of thing. But it's because. The facts are the facts. Pull the numbers up. It's almost like pitching wins and losses. It's because Aaron Rodgers is eighth all-time in wins. Yeah, Matthew Stafford got the shaft and played for Detroit. The talent is probably a lot closer than the public wants to perceive. Exactly. And you know what? For the, like, couple of thousand people that will tune into this, maybe some more will agree with us. We'll start to turn the corner. Okay. but but, No, you go ahead. So just lay out the macro blueprint here. Basically, what you said in a nutshell is Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. He has a Super Bowl win. He's top 10 in quarterback wins, passing yards, et cetera. He's not Tom Brady. He never will be Tom Brady. And I agree with that. Let's put that thing to bed. But there are some other quarterbacks that should be inserted in his tier uh, for argument, argumental purposes because yeah. guys like Stafford have played a decade with a, a porously ran franchise. And uh, you won't see the numbers in the box score, but – if, he's, if Stafford gets one, is he a Hall of Famer? Perhaps. If Matt Ryan would have won, would he be a Hall of Famer? Perhaps. Maybe he's won without one, but I doubt it. Here's it, the deal. It's an interesting conversation. I, I, I love this conversation because everybody loves Aaron Rodgers, and I get to feel like the villain that's right here, right? I, I get to be the villain, and I'm, I'm not trying to be on purpose. But but there's a reason I'm talking about Matthew Stafford so much versus Aaron Rodgers, because I feel like they're probably about to me in the league. They're probably the closest to 
here's why the, here's why this is important. And that's why I asked the question, Luke, up front. If Aaron Rodgers is in Detroit, what is his career? We'll never know, but it's a great, it's a great perspective. You, you, you see, here, here's why this is important. We took Matthew Stafford out of Detroit one season. What was the record, Luch? What, what was the record? I don't even remember what they are at the top of my head, but uh, we know where they're playing and uh, they had a fantastic season. And you know what? But you know, it's so funny. Like you want to talk about going from 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 zero to a hundred. You go from terrible organization, never having anybody to give you any help, not willing to spend, not an attractive destination, terrible schemes year after year, no run game. They were twelve and five. Matthew Stafford might have had the best. He was probably in the greatest mood all year because he. Like, what a 180. No, and I'm not trying to knock Detroit here. And I think they're going to turn it around slowly with Dan Campbell. We talked about this on a previous pod, slowly kind of earning the respect and trust of peer, his peers and, and other players, kind of seeing how the guys want to run through a wall for him. Because let's be real, that his opening presser when he got hired, everybody was like, mm, I don't know. But you know yeah. what? These guys want to, you know, buckle the chin strap for him. So. I'm with you, man. We know Matthew Stafford's arm talent there. He's got a great scheme, great coaching, got a run game, got an offensive line, got a defense, got the best receiver in football right now in Cooper Cup. And uh, who's who's to say they can't go out there and win win one? If they win this, if they win this season, there is a chance he. Go, I, who's to say he can't go back to back? I I know they haven't even won one, but they're going to keep that nucleus intact, right? I mean, it's it, it's great for Stafford, and I agree. From a talent perspective, he's on the same map as Aaron Rodgers, folks, from a talent perspective. Now, let's talk just that Green Bay-San Francisco game. And and this is kind of a good segue to the Titans-Bengals game and kind of my thoughts. Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback of that football team. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. After Ryan Tannehill wet the bed completely – and by the way, he gets no favors from his offensive coordinator, who should be gone before March, I'm hoping. Jimmy Garoppolo is not an elite quarterback. Some might not even say oh, he, no. Some no. might some may not even say he's above average. What what had to happen for the 49ers to win that game, Chief? Like what Here's had to happen? Here's the thing. Now now we're getting into what I call the little intricacies of the NFL. Here's the reason why I've been on San Francisco against some of these teams that they face so far. There's one thing in this league that will travel in any climate, anywhere. And and that defense and running the football. As much as we love the excitement of the ball flying around to 40 different receivers and big splash plays, Defense and a run game will travel anywhere. And here's what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. Control the game, right? Yes, the Green Bay Packers got out quick. He didn't care. Stuck to the game plan. Kept playing. Kept fighting. Yeah, it took some miraculous plays. It took some special things to happen. It took getting a field goal blocked. Uh, at the end of the first half. I understand all of that, but that's special teams coaching. 
it all comes together to work for them in the end. And in the end, they were victorious. Listen, the 49ers brand of football will travel. And guess what? It's basically what the Browns are without Baker Mayfield. Defense, run the football, hard play action. Well, here we go. Because the Titans game travels and it just quarterback didn't... can't throw three interceptions. It's as easy you, as that. You can you, you can't can, do it. You can maybe get away with one. Garoppolo threw one. Here's the thing. Can you win with Ryan Tannehill? And I had a couple nights sleep and I had a couple of beers this weekend and I was in Nashville and I'm able to finally string some thoughts together now. Can you win with Ryan Tannehill? Clearly you can win football games. Six straight winning seasons. You know, they've been to an AFC championship, couple divisional rounds. Can you win with Jimmy Garoppolo? Clearly you can win football games with Jimmy Garoppolo. But the margin for error is so minuscule when you have a quarterback who is a game manager that can make some plays, but if you get him on, on a day where he's slightly off, you need a perfect storm. The Niners traveled. Their game travels well. Kyle Shanahan is maybe the best, you know, first 25-play script, scripter we've ever seen in the last 10 years. You know, he's uh, And McVay's pretty good, too. There needs to be a perfect marriage between quarterback and play and offensive play calling. And we're seeing that beautiful thing with Matt Stafford. You saw glimpses of it with Jared Goff and McVay said, you know what? If I had a bit of an upgrade here, we could really make business booming. And it's beautiful to watch the Rams do their thing when they're on and they're healthy. And you bring in Beckham because clearly he wasn't the problem in Cleveland. You can win football games with a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Tannehill, but you need a consecutive streak of things to happen in your favor, like consecutively. When you have a quarterback that can go out there and consistently put you in positions to win without giving you a heart attack, you have a little bit of wiggle room and you feel a little bit better about going into the divisional round and the conference championships. Ryan Tannehill just had to take care of the football in that game. And Todd Downing just had to be better. Neither of them were good. I, 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 don't, I didn't even sit my butt in Nissan Stadium seat before Ryan Tannehill threw that interception. Uh, and I'm, we'll get to a story time at the end then, and, and that'll be fun. I have a, a couple of cool things to talk about. Ryan, that game's on Ryan Tannehill, 80%, 20% on Todd Downing. I mean, the Tennessee Titans played the Cincinnati Bengals defensively, probably better than anybody this season. That front four set a postseason record with nine sacks on Joe Burrow. And you know what? He got his yards. He threw for 340. Chief, if you would have told me Joe Burrow wouldn't throw a touchdown, what was the outcome? I'd say, well, Tennessee wins. There's no doubt about it. Um, and credit to the Bengals because they hung in there. They shut down the Tennessee run game for the most part. And uh, the, the Titans really, really choked that game away with Ryan Tannehill. The defense really deserved better. Nissan Stadium was rocking. The, the, the home field advantage showed up. And Ryan Tannehill laid an egg. He didn't get the perfect storm of things to bail him out, but it was pretty close. Nine sacks on Joe Burrow. And let me tell you this. There's a lot of good coverage with Titans media, and I follow a lot of them. And I don't always agree with uh, OutKick and, and Paul Kaharski and whoever he joined and, and, and some of those guys. 
but they have bold takes. So I, I respect the takes, but they had an interesting stat that, uh, that they dropped today. I think it was Jonathan Hutton was on the show too. And that's fine. We talked about opening scripts and how important they are, especially for quarterbacks that are not elite. Like a good play caller can hide a, a marginally bad quarterback or an average quarterback for at least the beginning of the game. You, you know, if you have somebody who's good at scheming things up, like like Shanahan, Chief, you know, we see these guys get up early uh, and, and it's beautiful. The Tennessee Titans, they only scored scored 17 total points on opening drive this season. That's it. That's it. They scored three times. Tannehill threw three picks on opening drives and the rest were punts. For a team that wants to play defense and take care of the football, that's god-awful. Your opening drive, your opening script, your first 15 to 20 plays is supposed to be your boom, bread and butter. This is what we've been watching on film and how we're going to go at it all week, right? That should be your best. And it was terrible. So the fact, I think it's a testament to how good the Titans defense was really this season, that they played from behind quite often. You know, with an offense who was missing Henry for eight weeks and missing A.J. Brown for a month and Julio Jones barely played. Uh, and that defense really showed out and was really good. So I think that's the thing. And I think a lot of people are going to call. Uh, I've been calling for Tannehill's head and I made an emotional Facebook post and said I was done with him. And I'd like to be. But in reality, his contract is tough and uh, and, and he's probably going to be the Titans quarterback next year. And he's a likable guy and I want to root for the guy, but he's not an elite quarterback. He's, in my opinion, a little bit better than Garoppolo. But not but a little and a, a little bit worse than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I love this podcast. But here, let me wrap this up and then I'll throw it to you. That's what I'm saying. You can win in this league with a mediocre to above average quarterback, but everything has to go right. And you have to have elite skill positions at every other position on the field. San Francisco's got Debo and Kittle and Ayuk really came on, and Eli Mitchell's a stud, and the scheme is great. You know, the Titans couldn't pay John Smith and, and, and Ferkser was good last season. He, Anthony Ferkser was invisible this year. And if you're playing DFS and, you know, you played him at like 2,600 the first couple of weeks, you thought he had some upside. And you might be thinking, oh, lose John Smith, that's not really moving the needle. But when one or two or three plays could dictate a season, and I'm thinking back to that ridiculous cast John Smith made against Baltimore in the end zone, one-handed diving. You need as many playmakers, as many skilled players at any every position if you have a mediocre quarterback. And the Niners have studs everywhere around Garoppolo and a great play caller. So I think Tennessee, you know, looking forward, I think they're stuck with Tannehill for another year. I think they can win games with him and be a threat, but I think they need to prioritize getting an elite tight end, whether it's a high upside rookie or whatever the market looks like and getting a, a number three receiver because it was supposed to be Josh Reynolds. Remember? And he got cut. I don't know what happened there. So I think it's not the end of the world. It's not my favorite scenario. I would love for his contract to be different and for Tennessee to, to be aggressive and, and pick up the phone and make a call about somebody else, whoever it is. But in reality, I think they're better off. And it's again, it's not my favorite finding some elite upside guys at those skill positions to try to run it back with that defense. As much as Tannehill was terrible, shout out to the Bengals. You know what? They played the hand they were dealt. They won the football game. They shut down the run game. They went in on the road and got their second straight win. 
and uh, kudos to them, man. It, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Bengals and, and seeing what they got against Kansas City. Uh, that was my rant. We each got a good rant in today, and I think they both made some sense. I don't know. You got anything uh, Anything piggybacking off what I said about Tennessee? And, and talk to me about the Bengals. Um, if Aaron Rodgers comes to Tennessee, do you think it moves the needle? I, I, think, I think the gap's enough. They get to the AFC Championship and, and have a dogfight with Kansas City? Is that what you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, as much as much as Rodgers doesn't, you know, you 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 joking, you not so much jokingly labeled him the greatest game manager of all time, but you look at you look at Rodgers and you look at this other, you know, you look at the gap is wide between Tannehill, Garoppolo, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Let's be I, I'm, real. I'm being a little bit more funny with with Tannehill. I, I, Rogers, I know. But... Yeah, Rodgers Rodgers does not make those mistakes. If you're telling me if Rodgers is the quarterback of Tennessee in that game against Cincinnati, do they win? I, I say, yeah, they, they probably win by 10. Um, and that's no slate to Cincinnati. But you put, yeah. Garoppolo, you put Garoppolo's in that 17 uniform, and they probably win the game too. Um, <laughs> but Tannehill's contract's tough, man. Uh, you know, you start thinking, well, who's out there? And we talk about Russell Wilson on this pod, and what the hell is going to happen with Deshaun Watson, Chief? I mean, we've heard crickets, so – I, I don't know. I mean, talk to me about the Bengals and the Titans, man. Yeah, here's what I will say. Tannehill, just, he, he just had too many mistakes. Um, and that's really what it came down to. I will share this because this is something I am adamant about in terms of overall team play. You got to have some form of continuity for things like this to work out. You, you got to have conscious and, and, and guess what? That's in any sport, football, basketball, baseball, soccer, you, uh, hockey, you name it. Why? Because teams have to gel. They have to mesh. And guess what? I honestly feel like that's why the Buccaneers didn't get their best shot at a championship. Chris Goblin goes down. I heard this stat during the game. And I said, man, that's interesting. This, this defense that they had crafted and built and Todd Bowles was supposed to have, He didn't have that defense all season. That NFC uh, uh, playoff game was the first time he had his full defense out there ready to play. That was the the first time this season that all of them as a collection of Vita Vey, Sue, um, David, and and, um, geez, what's the other linebacker's name? Um, At any rate, you, Devin White, yes. all of them. That was the first time they'd all played together. It's an NFC playoff game. So do I feel like a lack of continuity cost Tennessee this game? Maybe a little bit more than the Ryan Tannehill interceptions? I do. It was the turnovers. Hear me out. Hear, hear me out. The turnovers cost them the game. But if you got a healthy Derrick Henry, and a healthy Julio Jones, and a healthy A.J. Brown, and a healthy offensive line, all, all season, and injuries are going to come into play for any team. I get it. But I'm saying if you're mostly healthy, if, you're, if your number one guys have been playing most of the season, trust me, the Titans play a much better football game. Yeah. But when you bring Derrick Henry in so he can score touchdowns, mostly, that, that's not giving anybody any continuity. We need the big man cooking. Like, you see you know, what I'm saying? He had 20 carries, and he clearly wasn't himself. Exactly. Foreman, and Deontay Foreman had four. 
And who's that on? And that made no sense. Who's that on? Yeah. Dante Mm -hmm. Foreman had the juice mostly all at the end of the season. I mean, this, he was basically, let's call him for all intents and purposes of this podcast, Derek Henry light. Let's call it that. Right. And and why am I saying this? Is he Derek Henry? Come on folks. Of course not. But did he give them the boosts that they needed in the right spots? Absolutely. They could call a similar game plan with Dante Foreman leading the backfield. I think it should have been more of an even split that game. Right. And, And I'm not saying that, Look, like I said, Ryan Tannehill still got to take care of the football. Can't have an opening drive, INT. But all in all, Bengals are moving on. And guess what? It's a make or miss league. Yes. In the in, in the NFL, especially. Uh, should the Packers maybe have won that game? Maybe. Sure. You but can say the same thing for Tennessee or for Tampa Bay, even at one. one Tampa Bay was on their way back. And, and look, so so that was probably and we might as well hop into Sunday now. I'm going to leave the Aaron Rodgers and the, the Tennessee takes a long. Yeah, you yeah, got, yeah, I think yeah. they understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wildest sequence of Sunday we thought was probably we probably thought this was the wildest sequence. <laughs> Fumble for, for uh, who from, was it Brady that fumbled? Gosh, who, who, but anyway, there was basically a fumble and then a back-to-back fumble. T- Tampa Bay fumbled, then the Rams fumbled, and then Tampa Bay gets it back and they do their thing. Uh, the Mike Evans touchdown that, that gets them really – I mean, that was a fantastic game. The Rams' defense was just a little bit better than Tampa Bay's on Sunday. And, and guess what? Matthew Stafford just made clutch throw after clutch throw to Cooper Cup on that last drive. Now, I thought I was done with Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm coming back. This, this isn't about Aaron Rodgers' bad. This is more about Stafford's greatness being diminished or his talent. I don't want to say greatness. His talent may be being diminished because he was with a losing organization. I'm not saying losing team, losing organization. Some of these throws that Matthew Stafford made during that game were amazing, Right? Amazing throws. Two back-to-back to Cooper Cup. Yeah, the defense on Tampa Bay's got to play, but Matthew Stafford's also got to put it in the right places. And they were on the money in crunch time. We're thinking this thing might be going to overtime or something. No, no, no. They're going to no, win this game. No, no, <laughs> Right. No, no, no. We, we want to win the game. Uh, the big throw down the sideline to Cooper Cup early in the game as he gets behind the cup. Matthew Stafford, folks. Big time throws in that game. They come out victorious. I'm sure Sean McVay is feeling, feel, feeling great, feeling fine, feeling fantastic, and they're moving on. You know what? Now, you know you know what Matt Stafford is thinking on that last drive as he's running off the field, pumped after he spikes the ball, stops the clock. He's thinking, "Damn it, this is so much better than Jamal Agnew." And Danny Amendola, and man, thank God I'm not throwing to Marvin Hall anymore. <laughs> but guess what? He may be thinking that, but they had Megatron there with Golden Tate. Listen, those are to list. me. Those to me. Th- those are comp. That's a comparable wide receiver room. Not, not, not. It's not the same. 
But here's why I'm saying it's comparable. And this is not a slight on Cooper Cup, people. I think Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in football this season. No doubt about it. But I got to let him prove it to me over, over a string of maybe another season or two. Calvin Johnson was a generational talent. Can we can we at least agree on that, Luch? Cal Absolutely. Mega, Megatron's a generational talent. Absolutely. So what I'm saying is you've got generational talent, talented quarterback, and a slot guy that can pretty much burn anybody in Golden Tate at the time. Why couldn't that team get the wins? Or bad organization. Exactly. And you and I because talk about this on this every every week. It's a it's a, it, <laughs> there's so many hands that need to be married, whether it's play calling, coaching, the GM, the president from the top down. You got to get the right people in the front office to make the right moves. Right. Then you got to get the right talent on the field. What's one thing Detroit never had, never had during Matt Stafford's tenure. But it's, it's a I guess there's a laundry list, so it's a pretty open ended question. But one thing he never had was a run game. It was always the defense was always able to drop and like they weren't going to run the ball. They were always trailing. He had no balance. He had no chance. When you're predictable in the NFL, you have no chance, right, Chief? No chance. And, and right now, I'm I'm going to tell you something unpredictable that's happened. How in the world are the Utah Jazz hanging in this game with the Phoenix Suns and are actually up at halftime? This is unheard of. I know this is a uh, football pod, but this is this is foolishness here. That, that's what this is. This is this is foolishness. A depleted Utah Jazz. Sorry, guys, just ranting here. Depleted Utah Jazz team is up on the Phoenix Suns by one point, and the Phoenix Suns are at home. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Now back to our regularly scheduled programs. Talk Luch. to me about. We have to talk a good ten minutes about the Bills Chiefs game. I, I, I was I was just saving until the end. But but greatest football game I've seen in my lifetime, probably. Here's what I'm wondering, man. Like the 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 non-talking point. Like, of course, there's been so much great football and historic gameplay. Is what's the theme in two of the four games here? We had two running backs come back relatively soon in this divisional round, and Derrick Henry wasn't himself. Was Cam Akers a Cam Akers towards ACL less than a year ago, and he's getting bulk of care, and, and they won the game. But he got, you know, he had the he had the butterfingers. He averaged two yards a pop against a strong run D. The run game was Sony Michelle, and and, and O Henderson, I think, was a healthy scratch. Uh, was 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 cooking in the second half. I guess I was just surprised to see not more of a balance to get Sony Michelle a little more of the football. Uh, you know, we just have two freak athletes and Derrick Henry and Cam Akers coming back from, from two pretty big injuries. I know they're different injuries, but there was no question that Cam Akers was the bell cow in that game, Chief. I guess I was a little surprised to, to not see some more of a distribution with Sony Michelle because he was surprisingly pretty damn good in the second half of, uh, of the regular season. Yeah, man. I mean, here's the deal. I think Sony Michelle should have been able to keep his his his, his role as, as getting the bulk of the carries. I agree. Um, it's easy to say in hindsight, but I, I, I'm not even saying in the. I mean, I I think he had earned the right to get the job 
snatched from him. Right? And, and, and well, I mean, earn the right for at least to keep it a- until a- the offseason. Acres to make them, to, acres to prove that he needed to start. Let's go with that. I, I said snatch it from him. They did snatch it from him. Um, is Acres maybe more talented than Sony Michelle? Uh, maybe. Listen, Sony Michelle was elite at Georgia. Elite. Georgia very rarely has a lead running back. And he was the guy. Nick Chubb was behind Sony yes, Michelle, folks. Yes, he was. I don't think people realize this. Nick Chubb was not the guy when Sony Michelle was there. Sony Michelle was the guy. And so for him to just kind of lose the job because Cam Akers was back, hey, you know, all's, all's fair in love in football, I guess. But, you know, I think he should have kept the job. Uh, back to our regularly scheduled programs. Here's someone I am excited about. And I'm going I'm to hop in this Bills-Chiefs game. Let's go ahead and stick our foot in. I'm actually really excited that the Bills wised up and went ahead and gave the backfield to Devin Singletary. I, I, I think that's the greatest move they could have made. Give Devin Singletary the backfield and let him roll, right? And, yes, they did not win – the AFC championship. But I do feel like if, and, and look at when they gave him the, the role loops. If you look at when they gave him the role, I feel like this team started to just really play. Devin Singletary, 12, 19 gets 10 care, 22 carries against Carolina. One, two, three, four, five last six games of the season including the last game. Now, he only got 10 carries against Kansas City. It's a little bit different game strip, but he had five targets, four catches for 25 yards. I think he was a, he was a, a critical ingredient to their success down the stretch, alongside Josh Allen. Not the ingredient, a, a, a portion of it, right? A, a portion. Uh, what a heck of a football game. We, we got to see, I mean, it was, it was basically haymaker after haymaker. Uh, Gabriel Diggs had the game of his life. Yes. I messed this up on purpose. Stefan Diggs, non-existent in an AFC, a big AFC playoff game did catch the two point conversion. Otherwise non-existent Gabriel Davis, on the other hand, is running wild the whole game. Very perplexing. Uh, I, I felt like Diggs probably should have been a, a, a touch more involved in, in, in the offensive game plan. But, hey, whoever's open is getting the ball on that team, and, and that's fantastic. It is what it is, you know. Um, but, I, but I think he should have had more than, what, three, four catches for eight yards, seven, nine, nine yards. Do, do I think that's a reason maybe they didn't win the game? Maybe, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe not. Maybe it moves the needle a play or two that sets them up for some additional success later on. There's so many minuscule, there's so many moments in that game. Whether, wow, why is no one trying to jam Kelsey at the line? Wow, why are they, you know, with too much time on the clock, should have squib kicked it. A lot of different sequences, a lot of defensive sequences that 
everyone wants to play armchair coach about and and I totally get it. You know, maybe there was you can't let Tyreek Hill just run down the sideline with a few minutes left. You can't let Gabriel Davis burn you on almost the same touchdown play three times. You you can't let Miko Harmon run down the sideline. Like it's it's so many. I I don't think you can play Travis Kelsey twelve yards off the line of scrimmage while he's in the slot either. Yeah, it's crunch time. So so many things. Uh, This is what they, they they basically ran a screenplay at the end of the game for Tyreek Hill. Everybody's playing prevent defense, and it didn't prevent anything. They basically said, all right, let's try to get as many yards as we can in 13 seconds. And guess what? In my head, I thought they were going to give Butker a chance for like a 60-yarder. That's what everybody's thinking, right? Get us close enough to get a shot. And I all of a sudden, I look, and Tyreek Hill's running wild. He got basically a full-blown screen for him 15 yards down the field. I said, oh, no. Then Kelsey takes off basically on a free release. What in the world is that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That was maybe one of the, that was definitely one of the top five football games I've seen of all time. And we could hammer this thing on, but I'm sure whoever's listening is, is has already listened to national media talk about it's on every channel, every station. Um, I will plug this, that we have a great, tool on roto grinders called results database um and we just had some super upgrades done to it um you can go through every dfs contest on DraftKings and see the results and see uh who won you know you could look up a certain player like i could look up i could look up chief and see how many lineups he put in whatever and see you know how he constructed his lineup it's a great way to study players see what you know try to figure out what their processes are just check out some ownerships or some some places you might have went wrong too but on the sunday two gamer in the 20 dollar 1.5 sunday special which was 500k to first gabe davis was only 15 percent game of his life 55 DK points. Uh, and the guy who won Pyres looks like, congrats to you, man. Huge, huge day. He ran the Chiefs onslaught with just a Gabe Davis run back. Incredible lineup, Chief. And we know on these small sl- slates, a, lot, a decent GPP strategy is to overstack. He went Mahomes, McKinnon, Pringle, Kelsey, Tyree, ran it back with Gabe Davis. And, and that's awesome. So uh, a big win. Just wanted to plug that good way to kind of you know look at some lineups and what succeeded and try to figure out what failed but ju- just an incredible game and neither team deserved to lose and the 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 half joke before the game was that should be the super bowl and you know what it probably will be better than the super bowl it, it just probably will be phenomenal football game what stuck out in my eyes is as good as both quarterbacks are their mobility is what separates them uh, as the two best current quarterbacks in the league, we could talk about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and they're really stinking good. But I think it's Josh Allen and Mahomes. I can't even say 1A and 1B because I'd take them both in the blink of an eye. But their mobility really showed up. Mahomes' willingness to run this season has definitely uh, been uh, been a pleasant surprise, too. Really, you know, putting it out there. He doesn't want to run, but he had a couple of huge runs in that game that were critical, uh, you know, and as part of Josh Allen's game and he's fearless, I wouldn't call that a, like a willing part of Mahomes's game, right? Like you're not running design runs or anything, yeah. but, but 
I, I honestly think they won that game because of his willingness to do whatever it takes. And a lot of people like, the, uh, you know, if you're not a Chiefs fan, oh, Mahomes, oh, it's his brother on TikTok or or people say his wife's in like, whatever. The guy is electric. Who cares? Um, and those are two guys, if you said if they played for the Detroit Football Lions, would they make some playoff appearances? And I would say absolutely, because they are more than dual threat quarterbacks. And um, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers isn't good. There's some Packers fans that are just going to probably delete their app after this one. And that's okay. Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. But right now, the, the way they both extended plays, Chief, you know, after a game where I saw Ryan Tannehill crush my hopes and dreams, and then I saw Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, survive in a game where they probably could have won by 10, if so, you know, 10 or 14 if, if someone else was at the helm in that one too, you know. Um, what a what a treat, and and it was really even more of an eye opener that wow, maybe offense does win does win games in this league, Chief. Maybe it's twenty twenty two, and that's maybe that's the new <laughs> new age, my friend. Yeah, it, it is a new age, and I, I look, I do think that the uh, the uh, the Bills Chiefs game was electric. I mean, I I thought it was. I, I thought it was fantastic. And so, you know, when it, when it all comes down to it, and, and I was, you know, uh, telling my son this, I said, look, man, I said, whoever, whoever wins out of this game, I'm not going to be surprised. This isn't one of those games where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I can't believe that this happened. It's, it's nothing like that at all. I was never going to be surprised uh, with whoever won the game. No surprise at all. Um, just because of, you know, the, the way the game played out, I just I, I just felt like it, it wasn't going to be a surprise. Like, and and it, it came down to it and, it, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a surprise for me, you know. Um, it, it was a beautiful football game. And I, I don't think I can say enough about both of these coaches, right? So, so when it's bad, I'm going to talk about it. And, and, and when it's good, I'm going to talk about it. And I think both of these coaches did about as good of a job as they can do with the hands that they were dealt within that football game. Um, you know, did, did the, the Buffalo Bills maybe leave too much time on the clock? Uh, I don't think so. I think 13 seconds is reasonable, right? I mean, you got 13 seconds. And, and they've they, they've they've got to kick a field goal. I f- I feel really good about my defense uh, coming in and being able to get you know hold them to a few yards to maybe keep them out of field goal range or force them into a sixty five yarder or something extreme. You know? I feel confident in my defense, and it just did not materialize. So uh, my, my my hat goes off to both teams, and Kansas City's moving on. Uh, and what I consider to be one of the greatest playoff games I've seen in my lifetime. Same here. It's it's top five and and, and likely top, oh, top three. Top five, easy. Great weekend. It was cool talking out some of these scenarios and hypotheticals. And, you know, maybe we'll revisit this in the offseason with NFL Food for Thought. And, you know, uh, an offseason edition, perhaps, when the dominoes start falling. We'll have to talk mm-hmm. to DB and, and see if we can talk about some free agency. And the a, a draft pod would be 
would be cool. And uh, if you're sticking with us, you know, if you've been with us, you probably like the X's and O's and the, the hypotheticals and who's going to be playing where kind of thing. And, and we appreciate you guys. We record so early in the week that uh, especially in this day and age with the pandemic this season, you know, six days is an eternity to try to give any concrete advice on, on what's going on. That being said, chief, I guess we have to make some predictions. That's what it sounds like. You know, this is a, a, a totally different matchup for Kansas City against a team who beat them four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The thing about this is, you know, you're playing the Bills and you're getting a team that's going to throw the football. And we just talked about Devin Singletary, and he's capable, and, you know, he's played well in the second half. But if the Bengals can can get a ground game going with Joe Mixon, they're, they're going to go that route. So it's kind of a different opponent. And, and Joe Burrow's fantastic, right? Like, I saw a great football game. The Bengals are a great football team. And, and I'm not taking anything away from Cincinnati. Tennessee did kind of choke. The, we, we've seen the Bengals beat this Kansas City team. I mean, hell, we saw the Tennessee Titans throttle the Chiefs earlier this season, too. Joe Mixon, I think, is going to be a big deal in this game, especially when you want to play as much keep away as possible. You're going to need that early season Mahomes to show up where he tries to just do a little bit too much, right? We talked about how delicate playoff football is in one or two plays and one or two breaks. The Bengals are going to need that collective uh, Lambeau fieldish sequence of events that happen to, to pull this one off an arrowhead. And I think it's an outcome. I, I think, I think it's an outcome. I think it'll be a decent football game. You know, we live in such a, what have you done for me lately type society. Uh, and we just saw two offenses in Kansas city. It looked unstoppable. And we saw a Bengals, uh, uh, Bengals offense that you know stalled out a little bit after everyone was drooling over them but I think a lot of things can be true here I think it could be true that the Tennessee t- defense is better than the public perceived it and I think that the Chiefs defense might not be as good as the public was giving it credit for in the second half granted Josh Allen's amazing right it was a, a fantastic duel but I think both things can be true and Cincinnati did have success against Kansas City a couple of weeks ago I think it'll be a good game uh, my prediction, however, is Kansas City 34, Cincinnati 24. Here's my prediction. And here, here's, how, here's how I really view this game. Do I feel like the Chiefs should win? Hands down, absolutely. The problem I have is I don't, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to stop Cincinnati from scoring points. And if for some god-awful reason this game is really tight at the end, I'm talking about Chiefs are up three, four, Bengals get the ball, minute 20 left at the 30, and they got to push down the field. This could get very interesting very fast. This is how I feel about that game. What we saw with Buffalo, Kansas City, I think we see a similar game. Clearly not as good. I don't because that game came down to the wire. And yeah, I know we can talk about the fact that God, man, we got to change these rules. Yes, if it's in the play regular season, like we talked about, I understand. We've got to change these rules for the playoffs. We've got to. I think both teams need a chance to score. 
at least give, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the last game. It's not like, and I will say this, I would say only in the playoffs do we say, okay, both teams get a chance to score, right? And if you both score touchdowns, the next score wins. Do you get what I'm saying? That way both teams have a fighting chance, a real chance to get there. Yes, we could say, hey, the defenses have to stop people. I get it. But at least give both teams a shot. They've earned, I feel like they've earned that right, right? And then, and then you know, I guess if they change the, the, the other rule, then they're going to say, well, let's just go to till somebody wins. Okay, fine. Just make that the rule in general. We score a touchdown. If you score and we score, we keep playing. Right. If you don't score and I get the ball back and I score a field goal or a touchdown, the game's over. Right. That probably should just be the rule in general. Full 15 minutes. One team scores. The other team doesn't. Game over. Right. So so I think a hybrid of the current rules, a hybrid. Same rules. If if you get the ball, you don't score anything. And the other team gets the ball and they score, they win. But if you score anything the other team gets a chance to at least match. All right, done with that part. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <sighs> Listen, man, deep down inside, I want to go upset Cincinnati 31-27 here. I really want to go upset Cincinnati. The problem is I think Kansas City as a team with, with the Bengals having to go, I think they're a little bit too young to overcome the pressure this week. So I'm going to go Kansas City 34, Bengals 31. I'm going 34-31. I don't think we'll see the the couple of gifts of field position that the Bengals had last week. Not to say it can't happen. And I think the Bengals' path is paving the way for Joe Mixon in this one. It, it, It has to be. In my opinion. I don't know. I mean, they've been winning, pushing the ball down the field. I mean, it was T. Higgins week this week. And I I mean, and, and um, you know, Jamar is going to get his regard. Like that, that's the thing, right? I don't think we see a Stefan Diggs type performance out of Jamar. I, I, I just I just don't see it. Um, and, and I'm not knocking Stefan Diggs either, but I just I, I think Jamar Chase is going to be ready to play. T. Higgins will be ready to play. Tyler Boyd will be ready to play. Joe Mixon will be ready to play. C.J. Uzoma will be ready to play, right? I mean, and we're sitting here, and it's like, well, who has a better wide receiver room right now than the Bengals? It may just be one team. And and that team is playing in the NFC right now. That's the L.A. Rams. And and I'm talking about all-inclusive. Robert Woods comes back. The L.A. Rams are a very scary wide receiver room. Uh, Tampa Bay, with Chris Godwin, I don't think the total wide receiver room is better than Cincinnati or the Rams right now. I, I just don't, I don't think it is. Do you get what I'm saying? I agree. The, 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 these guys have talent everywhere. Just pick your point. Okay, you're going to take Jamar Chase, we'll throw it to T. Higgins. You're going to take it, we'll throw it to Tyler Boyd. You know, it's pick your point. You can't stop everybody. And that, to me, is what's scary about this Bengals team, Luch. They've pretty much got, you know, two number ones 
and Tyler Boyd, who was a number one before they got there. Like that, that, that's the difference. And so now you go and look at the Rams, right? They've got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, who are pretty much two number ones. And then you've got, I mean, probably one of the most talented wide receivers when healthy in Odell Beckham, who was a number one before he got there. It's, you get what I'm saying? Two, two probably best wide receiver rooms in the NFL in terms of talent in each position. Might have been the Steelers if Juju Smith-Schuster could have been the guy. But I think, I think, look, as crazy as Antonio Brown was, and I know we're hopping around here. We're going to get off this part, folks. Last one of the year, I think. As crazy as Antonio Brown is or and was, point was made. Juju Smith has never been what Antonio Brown was, and he never will be. I'm done. So did you pick you picked the Bengals? Did I get that right? No, 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 no. T- taking the Chiefs. Taking the Chiefs 34-31. So we're both relatively ballpark there. And you know what? I think I think I think the Bengals are live for sure. I I, I listen, deep down inside, which I, I do want to take the Bengals. Like deep down inside, I I want to take the Bengals here. Um, I just can't. That's fair. That's fair. Flip it over to the NFC West, <laughs> aka the NFC Championship. Yeah, got a big rivalry, baby. We got a big one. So it is, and I know that the 49ers were able to push this thing over time at the end of the season. I don't think they have enough to overcome the Rams right now, and here's why I say that. The Rams' defense is going to be on a rampage in terms of getting after Jimmy Garoppolo this game. Jimmy G will not be safe, okay? What I saw out of Von Miller on Sunday, it it, it might get really ugly for this offensive line come Sunday. I I have to go Rams here. Um, Rams are at home going to be in the dome on the fast track. Odell Beckham has become a real part of this offense now, right? Like when he first got there, he had to work himself in and, you know, probably figure out the playbook and figure out how they were going to use them. But when Odell Beckham is able to get six, seven catches a game now for 60 plus yards, you know, catch touchdowns and you know, Cooper Cup's going to get his eight to 10 catches. And then you got to account for Van Jefferson, who just might sneak behind the secondary once or twice. Tyler Higby's going to be running a couple up the seam and, you know, a couple big out routes. When it's like that, Luch, uh, I don't think the 49ers defense is going to have enough to overcome the complete package that is the L.A. Rams. Yeah, uh, two teams that clearly know each other well, and that's what you're going to be hearing all week. Um, you know, the Niners handled L.A. at home this season, and then they lost, uh, and then they they took they took a thriller from them in Week 18. So, how hard is it to beat a team three times? The classic, the classic cliche as. As they say, 
Um, man, I, I like the Rams too. I like the Rams too. I think San Fran could be up on this game early. I think McVeigh, McV- oh my God, he's the other coach. We're seeing we're seeing to see a battle of two of the top five coaches in the league, in my opinion. And I think the opening script's going to be really good. And I think the Niners will be threatening very early. What happens in quarters three and four? I don't know, but I think the Rams squeak it out. Um, I'm going to say. 24 20 Rams squeak it out. Yeah. Um, I, from what I've, what I saw with the Rams against Tampa Bay on Sunday, and, and this was on the road. I, I know this, the 49ers are going to show up to play different style brand of football. It does travel. I think the Rams overall right now are a more complete team at every position. I will be worried if Cam Akers is the bell cow again. I will be a little worried. Well, I think I think that's what they're going to do. I don't agree with it, but but I think that's what they're going to do. And you said 24-20 Rams. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to put some pressure on the Niners early. I'm I'm gonna go twenty seven twenty seven I'm gonna go twenty seven twenty. Well twenty seven twenty Rams. We have just both pegged the, the Niners team total of twenty. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, because I, I here's how I think it goes. I think I think they, I think they score twice, and I think they kick two field goals. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Basically, I, basically we're giving, basically we're giving the Rams three touchdowns and two field goals. That's basically what we're giving the Rams. It's very plausible. It is. It is. Um, yeah, going to be a fun weekend. Great football. Hope you all enjoy this conversation. Do you got a story time before we get out of here? We got you got one more story time in you. Ah, uh, let's see. One more story time. You know what? I'm going to end it on a joke. Um, so my my daughters are into, well, my, my youngest daughters, seven and four. They are into uh, what I call the, the kid jokes. You know, the joke books that we got when we were kids. Knock, knock, who's there? That type stuff you know, and question jokes. They're really into those right now. And so both of them have been telling me jokes, you know, every time I talk with them, just pretty much every time. And you probably know this joke, Luch, but I'm going to tell these jokes uh, to you to close out the year with a good family joke here. So my daughter says to me, Hey, Dad, I have a joke for you. I'm like, sure. What, what's the joke? Why did the pig learn karate? I don't know. Because he, he wanted a pork chop. <laughs> <laughs> pork chops on food for thought. Yeah. 
Listen, okay, last one, last one. Uh, so thanks for joining us, guys. L- little peek into my, my daughter's minds here. They're, they're so they're so sweet. Uh, why did the cow take a seat? I feel so stupid that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Because he wanted to be ground beef. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Oh These aren't my jokes. Lord. I can't take claim to them. And my daughters can't either because I'm sure some, some my daughters take, can as well because tips. I'm sure somebody else wrote them. But they have been into these joke books and, and it's been a lot of joy uh, to see them them laugh and have fun. And I've laughed with them. So uh, there you have it, folks. Last story time of the day or of the year. It's daddy daughter jokes. I, there love, you have it. I love that, man. It's uh you know, it's funny when they're that age. We have an almost seven-year-old, and he he thinks he's a comedian by day too. And it's pretty funny the things they come up with. Couple, yeah. I want to give a couple shout-outs for my story time. So I was in Nashville, and I was at Nissan Stadium, and I saw that debacle. But um, it was it was a fun weekend. You know, got to check out RG, and then uh, hit hit the games. And you know, I, I wasn't sure how to go about getting playoff tickets so i rolled the dice bought tickets off some guy in a facebook group what could go wrong right um of course you know you have people who always love to scam you and what have you and people are just gonna price gouge on StubHub and all that stuff so it's not even worth it but uh you know linked up with some a season ticket holder uh named dr greg rob cool dude he's a surgeon in the area really credible gave me a great deal on uh, two lower bowl tickets which were awesome so shout out to him you know he couldn't make the game he was a big Titans fan down there in Nashville. And another shout out to someone in the industry, uh, totally unexpected, uh, a gentleman named Bob Cramatola. Big, uh, you know, high stakes, season long player, dabbles in DFS as well. You know, we DM'd back and forth for a little. He said, hey, I, I have a suite for the game Saturday. I have like eight to ten extra tickets. I just want to give back to, to people who do content in the community. And he, you know, so he saw I was a big Titans fan and, uh, and he gave Caroline and I two tickets to, to join him in his suite for the game. Unbelievable. Like blown away by the generosity there. That that's amazing. You know, decked out with food and beverage, uh, great view of the game, great atmosphere. Uh, it turns out that a lot of people in the suite from the DFS community, uh, only know, only know Mr. Kramatola, who's an awesome dude, uh, just from the DFS streets or playing NFC championship leagues or whatever. And, uh, I bump into, uh, Jeff Erickson, uh, from, from Sirius Radio and Rotowire, who's a big Bengals fan, him and his wife, fantastic people. So uh, it was awesome to meet Jeff in Bob Cramatola's suite. You know, awesome people from the DFS community. And, uh, you know, Jeff and I joking throughout the game, he's a big Bengals fan. And, uh, you know, that was cool to to meet some people from the industry and uh, hang out with them for the game. And, and big shout out to Bob, again, blown away from his generosity. So I, I actually have one other Crazy Titans fan friend in Pennsylvania. There aren't many of us. And uh, he jumped on a plane Saturday morning after about 11 hours of traveling because it got stuck in Charlotte where he was connecting, had to fly back up to D.C. just to fly back to Nashville. What a rigmarole. He made it just in time for the first interception of the game on the opening play. <laughs> but uh, so my other tickets went to, went to good hands, too, and uh, it was a good time. So shout out to Bob. I know he was a little under the weather. And that's the, the kicker. Bob was a little under the weather. He didn't even end up making the game. There are some really good people in the industry. You know, you, you see a bunch of jokes and memes on Twitter, and there's a lot of pettiness and things like that. And some of it's fun, but 
there are good people here, Chief. And, uh, you know, Bob and Jeff are certainly some of them. And you're one of them. And I appreciate this long season, man. We made a lot of good friends doing this show. A lot of, a lot of loyal listeners. And we appreciate you guys. Yeah, for sure. It's been fantastic. Uh, thanks for, for, for hopping on the ride with us, man. Uh, couldn't be, couldn't be more happy to, uh, to, to enjoy this season with you guys. And hopefully uh, we, uh, we're back for another season. Let's get out of here for the chief. Will Priester one final time here. I'm the Looch. Take it easy, everyone.